Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Welcome to Formation Friday. It is so good to be with you guys. I uh, have a very, very exciting uh, message to share with you. It is not new, but it has blessed my life and it's blessed our church so much. I pray that the following weeks uh, will grow you into a closer disciple to Christ, a disciple who is closer to Christ, and also a multiplying disciple for Jesus. It is important to understand that the first commandment that Jesus ever gave to humanity is to go and be fruitful and multiply. The first commandment wasn't to go and get a J-O-B. It wasn't go and get married. It wasn't go and build a church. It wasn't go and be a worship leader. It wasn't anything. It's just go and be fruitful and multiply. Now, I understand that fruit is not just numbers. It's not just people, the amount of people. Along with fruit comes the fruit of repentance, fruit of the Spirit. But what I want to focus on now is the characteristics. Which qualities does a multiplying disciple have? What are the characteristics of someone who multiplies in Christ? I'm talking about, yes, multiply the character of Jesus, but in order to multiply disciples, you first have to multiply the character of God in your life. Does that make sense? So I actually don't think God wants us to multiply unless we first have his character. See, because if you multiply and you don't have the character of Christ first and foremost in your life, you're going to multiply the wrong model, the wrong thing. So the multiplication that God is talking about is the fruit and the multiplication. To actually have that fruit in your life and to, change, and to grow out of that. Um, I have 12 characteristics here. It began as four many, many years ago, and it came from different sources. But I want to start explaining the 12 characteristics of a multiplying disciple. Now, these, all these, I'm not going to say that I came up with all of them. Some we came up with a group. Some came up through experience. Some came up through books. Uh, but the most important thing is that these are tried and true. I have been able to uh, see it happen. I've been able to see people multiply, and some don't. I have the... The grace, the, 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 how do I say, is the blessing to be able to travel to different churches. I've been able to go to churches in many, many different parts of the world, from Africa to Philippines to Australia to Mexico to uh, Argentina to Colombia, preaching different places, listen to other preachers all over the U.S. I've been able to see characteristics of those churches that multiply and those that do not. The difference, of course, is very, very tangible. When I'm talking about multiplication, I'm talking about multiplication of disciples, not multiplication in numbers. It is very different to have a church full of attendees and a church full of disciples. Let me say it like this. I have gotten in arguments with other men of God, and not because I wanted to get into an argument. I simply ask this question to pastors. Is there disciples or is there attendees? Do people go to the church or do people become the church of Christ? Now, I'm not talking about good deeds or good works because I have seen other religions do better deeds and better works than so many Christians. It doesn't take a disciple of Christ. I mean, it doesn't take 
How do I say, yeah, it doesn't take being a disciple of Christ to just do good things. But disciples of Christ have specific things that they must do in order to be identified as a disciple of Jesus Christ. The fact that I give money away or act nice doesn't make me a disciple of Christ. A disciple of Christ should be giving and should be kind. But just because someone is kind, it doesn't mean that they're disciples. Sometimes we get it very wrong. We get it very twisted. We think that just because there's some things in our life, it immediately makes us Christ-like. And yes, there are Christ-likeness, things that you do that seem Christ-like. But man, Jesus Christ had certain things that made him so distinct from other rabbis, from other religious people of his time, from other prophets, from other good men. These things are important, and I believe that as we journey through these next 12 weeks, actually 13 weeks counting today, we're going to go through each one of the characteristics of a multiplying disciple. These, each of these characteristics will bless your life, they'll bless your family, and they will bless your ministry. The difference between a disciple of Jesus Christ and a disciple of anyone else is this. The first one. A disciple of Christ has a heart for God. One and more, the first one and most important is that he has a heart for God. What does it mean to have a heart for God? According to Philippians chapter 3 verse 8, it says the following. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Everything is trash to me that I may gain Christ. I'm going to obviously during the weeks go deeper into each one of these. But today I just want to give you a little tag. A little something to know what this is about. The characteristic, the first one, which is a heart for God, is, is tested, is, is weighed when what? The heart for God is tested when other important things compete for our time and our attention. Sure, you can say I have a heart for God. But it is only really tested when other important things in your life are in competition for that, your heart. Your finances, for example, for wherever your treasure are, there your heart will also be. Your time, where do you spend your time? Where do you have your investment in the world? And that will tell us where your heart is. It's amazing. We're going to go deeper into that, like I said, next week. And I'm just really, really excited to just spend an hour talking about it or even half an hour, like 29, 14 minutes anyway uh, dependence on the holy spirit is number two dependence on the holy spirit are you a person who actually depends on the spirit of god if you are not depending on the holy spirit it will be very difficult for you to multiply disciples of jesus christ and for you to multiply as a disciple of christ you can be skillful but it doesn't mean that you depend on the holy spirit as a matter of fact sometimes the more skillful people are the more they tend to depend on themselves and not in the holy spirit galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to doesn't mean that you shouldn't be skillful but it means that we should depend on the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Dependence on the Holy Spirit is shown during the times that are out of your control. You cannot say you depend on the Holy Spirit just because you worship with your hands high or just because you seem to be in tune with the Spirit. You depend on the Holy Spirit when things are out of your hands, when they're out of your 
control. If you are a controlling freak, chances are you don't depend on the Holy Spirit. If you are a jealous person, chances are you're not depending on the Holy Spirit. If you're anxious all the time, chances are you're not depending on the Holy Spirit. Now, why am I telling you this? To make you feel bad to the country so that we will learn to depend on the Holy Spirit, which is what we're going to talk about in two weeks. How to depend on the Holy Spirit. Not in circumstance, not in emotions, not in just people, but in the Spirit of God. The third characteristic of a multiplying disciple, I don't know if I'm going too fast, but third characteristic of a multiplying disciple is a teachable attitude. Are you teachable? I put it down here. You'll see it on your screen. Rocky Balboa. Hey, Rocky. Uh, and uh, there, next to him, you have Mickey and then the other guy. And it says here, Matthew 7, 24, 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house, his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When a person is not teachable, they're certainly going to fall. When a person doesn't have a teachable attitude, a coachable attitude, it is really, really difficult to multiply that disciple. Let me tell you why. Because teachable, sorry, let me go back on my screen. Because a teachable attitude, sorry, that's recording. One second. You like the sound effect? Sorry, they're in my head. A teachable attitude determines how much people can invest into you. Sometimes people are upset because, you know, I don't know, someone else is being led a certain way or someone else is receiving something. But a teachable attitude is tested only when you do not agree with what's being taught. You cannot say you're teachable if you agree with everything. You know you're teachable when you have disagreements, when you don't necessarily uh, feel it. I know anyone can be teachable with things that you love. But can you be teachable those things that confront, with those things that confront you, that hurt you, that, uh, that just rub you the wrong way? That is teachability. When Jesus Christ tells Peter, get behind me, Satan, because your thoughts, your mind is not in heaven. You have a mind that is not of God. Now this is important because in that moment, Peter could have just walked away if he wasn't teachable. Oh, but Pete was teachable. I'm not saying he was perfect. But he was teachable. He was able to learn. Let me keep going a little bit more. The next one. The, the fourth uh, characteristic of a multiplying disciple is purpose-driven. A true, a true disciple of Christ is purpose-driven. They understand what their lives are about. I have a, on the screen here a man named Tim Tebow. Now this may be kind of old for some of you. But this is a man who was a, a, a player, a, a football player. I guess now we could put Stephen Curry. Yeah. We'll switch it up to Curry, right? This guy who just loves God, loves Jesus, and he does something so great that it influences everybody else. But he knows that he's not a basketball player. First, he is a son of God, and that comes through. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 26, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one receives a prize. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not 
beating the air. Meaning, I know what the heck I'm doing. I'm not just doing this. I know. I can see where I'm going. I could see what I'm aiming at. Everything you do in life has to have a purpose. Why is that? Because without purpose, you're weak. Without purpose, whatever you do doesn't matter. John Maxwell says that there's no greater failure than getting to the end of the ladder at the top of a building and realizing you climbed the wrong building. When your ladder is leaning against the wrong thing, when your purpose is wrong, it doesn't matter how great, how strong, how much of it you do. If the purpose is off, then I'm sorry to tell you, it's a waste. A genuine disciple of Jesus Christ has to understand what Philippians 3, 13, 14 says. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forgetting what lies behind me and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God, of Jesus Christ. Paul said one thing, not a thousand, one thing. Now, did he do other things? Of course, he was a businessman. He had his tent-making business. He was an apostle. He was a, 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 an incredible man who was a teacher, but he did one thing. And we'll talk about that on the fourth week, on the fourth, day, fourth week of this. The next one of these, the next characteristic of a multiplying disciple, the fifth one, is relationship building. Hello. Relationship building. This is a very difficult one because we don't live in a vacuum. We live with people who are unperfect, imperfect. My boss used to tell me the most imperfect product is people. We cannot control it. We cannot just throw it away. We have to deal with it. We have to work with it. And if you don't know how to work in relationships, it'll be very difficult to multiply because people need people but not just any people they need certain kind of people just because you're awesome I'm telling you just because you think you're awesome it doesn't mean people are all of a sudden just going to draw themselves to you Jesus Christ had such a characteristic that though he wasn't mushy or corny or like oh you know he was this man who was attractive something about him was so incredible and I believe it was that he loved and valued people so much and it showed through his pores 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23, the Apostle Paul says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I, had, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jew, I became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessing. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I came all things to all people for the sake of some people that I can win someone sometimes we are so into ourselves and who we are we forget that building relationships is not about us it's about winning someone for Christ you lost the luxury of not liking people the moment you gave your life to Christ you have the right only to do what God called you to do and be who God called you to be. Well, I don't like that. I don't like this about that person. I don't like this about this culture. It doesn't matter. You're a son of God. Love, celebrate. I cannot wait to this week because we're going to get into some crazy, deep, intense issues. And some of you may just have to log off. 
But the rest of you will be so blessed. It is incredible. Next one, a servant's heart. Do you have a heart for service? Do you serve? I'm not talking about serving so that people can see you. I'm not talking about serving so that other people will be impressed by how amazing you serve, how amazingly you serve. I'm talking about Christ likeness. I'm talking about a disciple of Christ has to have the ability to serve like Christ served. It says in Mark 10, 44, 46. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ramp, ransom for many. Service only counts. You could only test true service when you are tired, when you don't want to do it anymore, when no one applauds you. And we'll get to that on the sixth week. Next characteristic of a multiplying disciple, excellence and consistent spirit. I wrote it like this, an excellent and a consistent spirit. Now I put in there the picture of a Rolex. The reason is that I don't mean a Folex or a Rolex misspelled or with a little glue behind it. I'm talking about a real Rolex. I don't know if you know, but Rolex are handmade. Rolex are incredible watches. They are so expensive, not just because they're made out of gold. Other watches are made out of other things, and not every Rolex is made out of gold. But it is the precision, the quality, the craftsmanship by which it was made. I had the chance to go to the place where they're made. I was able to travel in Europe in different places, and I got to ask the people that were there, and I asked them, what is it about Rolex that makes it so different than a citizen? If you guys know what citizens are, you may have a citizen or whatnot, and it's not a bad thing, but I used to have an old cheap citizen, and they said, oh, everything is different. Now, they went on to explain mechanism. They were not to explain anything, but one thing I got from that, they said, we stand by this product. What they meant is this, whatever goes wrong with it, we will take care of it. We're so confident that this is going to last you generations, not just a few days or a few months or a few years. It's made to last. It's made in such a way, it's consistent. One after the other is made with pride, is made amazingly. And so we'll talk more about that number seven, seventh week, about how to be excellent, how to have a consistent life, a life that preaches Christ and then continues to do that. Not just preaches Christ and then the next day denies it. Let's go to number eight. Number eight characteristic of a multiplying disciple. Did I read the verse for that? I didn't. Let me read the verse for excellence. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Not yours, the glory of God. Matthew 25.21 about consistency. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness or come into the joy of the Lord. Number eight, I love this one. Trustworthy. A disciple of Jesus Christ must be worthy of trust. The verse I wrote for this, and I love it because I think it's something that I use daily in my marriage. I try to apply it as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. It says here, Obviously, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. And you notice it's the same verse. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of the Lord. You may say, well, pastor, what's the difference between consistency and trustworthy? Let me explain it like this. Do you follow through? Are you where you said you would be? When you said you would be and at the time you said you would be. And what you said you would do, you get it done. Consistency means getting things done the same way over and over. It, you can be consistent at horrible things. You could be a consistent smoker. You could be a consistent abuser. You can be consistent in so many things, but it doesn't mean people are going to trust you for it. 
when you can be consistent in those things that matter, those things that are good, then you become trustworthy. I can be consistent in abusing my wife and telling her horrible things and treating her like trash. Or I can be consistent in my love, my care, and my respect towards her. And that, believe me, builds trust. Can you be consistent and can you be trustworthy? Isn't that a good disciple of Christ? The next one, honorable and honoring. Woo, this is a good one. I can't wait till week nine. Honorable and honoring. I put there some, some brass. I don't know if you'll be able to see on the picture. I think you will, but you'll see three men, old men that have obviously served our country. They're full of, of just badges here. And I could see them and I'm like, I just want to honor these men. The other day, my neighbor, you know, he was out and he was cutting his lawn. I just stopped by. I said hello to him. And I was trying to buy him an elote, you know, and... This is a man who served their country for a long time. He actually served in the special forces. And he was telling me some of the things he did. And I just told him, thank you so much for your service. I meant it. I wasn't like, thank you for service. I mean, like, seriously, thank you for everything you've done. Now, he answered to me in a tough way. He said, don't thank me. You don't know what I've done. And I was like, uh, you want an elote? Like, you, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. One thing I did know is this. Thank you for the things you've done for us. Honoring has less to do with you and more to do understanding who's standing in front of you listen to hebrews 13 17 in the amplified version obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them recognizing their authority over you for they keep watch over your soul and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans for this would be of no benefit to you i love it man hebrews is such a powerful book this is how you test honor. Honor is an awareness of your love, respect, and profound appreciation stemming from the heart, but manifested in words, attitudes, and actions. I'll go over that in depth, um, you know, in the coming weeks. But are you an honoring person? Are you someone who knows how to honor? By the way, when you give honor, it never stays out. It always comes back. For some reason, it comes back in a greater way. The 10 characteristic is kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded is your mind on the things of Christ. Matthew 6.33 says on the Amplified Version, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God. Can you say with me, It's not about me. It's not about me. I know you probably didn't say it, but say it again. It's not about me. It says, build the kingdom of God, seek first his kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to you. This characteristic is super important, especially if you are going to have uh, a ministry that is alongside other people. To be kingdom-minded helps so much to not be self-centered and self-seeking, but rather look first for the interests of God. And I believe, I know I've seen it, where God always takes care of your interests. More of that on the 10th week. Let me go now to the 11th characteristic of a multiplying disciple. I love the face of this kid here. It's joy-filled. Are you someone who transmits the joy of the Lord? Or are you someone who does Christianity in such a way that people are like, man, if being a Christian is being like you, I want no part of it. Do you enjoy walking with Christ? Do you enjoy loving others and loving Jesus is this something that see because joy is so contagious is, is this something that you naturally have or is it something that you have to work at now both are important 
Because sometimes you're not going to feel so joyous. And I'm not saying you got to fake it till you make it. I'm saying make sure that there's the joy of the Lord in your heart. Make sure that what is pleasing to God is pleasing to you. Make sure that you learn to enjoy those beautiful, simple things of life. Make sure that you enjoy the times of rest as much as the time of work. Everything that you do has to glorify God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Week 11, we're going to go deep into having joy. And I, I know that God is going to do something so beautiful and uh, make you a more joyous person. Joy is so important. It's so attractive. It's so beautiful. Um, I could stay on it, but let's move forward. Number 12, relentlessness. This is the last one, and I saved it to the end precisely for this. Are you a relentless person? Are you someone who keeps on going and going and doesn't just quit and tap out the moment you feel something gets hard? I, I, I love this, this picture word, word picture here, because I've seen relentless men and women on the cage. They go at it. They're bloody. They're tired. But something inside of them tells them, keep on going. Don't tap out. A little further, who doesn't love a story? Of relentlessness who of us don't love watching movies of underdogs that somehow you know overcame unsurmountable circumstances right I love a relentless heart I believe that my Christ was the most relentless man his love is relentless he chases literally you down no matter how far how fast you've gone God is relentless and so should we be a true disciple of Christ must be relentless this is Hebrews 10 39 it says in the American, New American Standard Bible, it says, But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul. I love the message. I'll share it on the 12th week. It says, But we're not of those who quit, who back out, and now would that tap out. We are of those who remain. Those who are relentless. If you would uh, do something, because I am about to be done. I want to just extend this one piece here. It says, but we are not quitters. That's actually the literal word that says in the, in the message. We are not quitters. Do not quit ever, ever serving God. These are the 12 characteristics of a multiplying disciple. I will be, uh, like I said, sharing them. But more than that, we'll be digging into them. We'll be asking God to help us to receive it so that we can also multiply Him. First one is a heart for God. The second one is a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Third one, teachable attitude. Fourth one, purpose-driven. Fifth one, relationship building. Sixth one, a servant's heart. Seventh, excellent and consistent Number eight, trustworthy. Number nine, honorable and honoring. Number 10, kingdom-minded. Number 11, joy-filled. And number 12, relentless. We are done for today. I want to uh, just encourage you to, like I said, continue to dig deeper. We love you guys so much. On Sunday is Mother's Day, and it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. Invite your moms to watch. I don't know, even if they're not in this country, invite them. I think uh, they will be really blessed by that message. Uh, also, if I could invite you guys to continue to pray for the church, continue to ask God to give us wisdom to drive His church forward. Uh, continue to be kind and giving towards each other. Love one another. Show the respect and the love that each person deserves. 
I want to just say to you, those of you that have been active in showing love to each other, um, we cannot be there for each other physically, but you can be there for the other person in so many other ways. Be the church. We love you guys very much. We're here for you, and we will see you guys next Friday. Peace.